The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Hey everybody, welcome into the Orange Zone podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. We have a lot of things going on today. We're going to be breaking down that blowout loss to Duke for the SU men's team, the SU women's team in the bubble, in the last four in, in ESPN's latest bracketology. And then we're looking ahead to just what is the end of the season, the final, final stretch here on the Orange Zone podcast. Making sure you're liking and subscribing to our YouTube page. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tommy Sladak, joined by, as always, Samantha Croston. We have Lawrence Moten, and then we have Brendan Hodges on the producer mic. And yeah, this, this feeling right now is a little bit different than what poetry and I were experiencing last week when we were on the set uh, post victory over NC State. And when you're losing to Duke 77 to 55, a little bit of deja vu from the blowout loss last year. Not as fun, guys. I know. Of course, last week is the episode where I'm not on. Now, oh, now you were, guys invite me How back? high were those vibes? <laughs> we missed you, Sam. We did miss you, Sam. I miss you guys. Glad too. you're back. I'm happy to be back, and I wish it was under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, we were both there, or were we? Was I was I there? there. I don't I fr- think I was. You were watching. I was you watching. Were, you were operating per I was station. All the days seem blurry at this point. No, I was watching, and of course, the thing that, that struck me the most was this three-point shooting, yeah. Duke's three-point shooting. You know, I yeah. really, I have said this in the past, but I really feel like the kryptonite of the zone that's what was on full display. The problems and the issues with this zone defense, you saw all of the different holes and the reasons why it sometimes doesn't work. And honestly, I don't know how to get past that because I don't envision that being something that this team moves away from under the Jim Beheim era. I agree, Sam. You know, um, I watched the game on TV and, and, and it was hard to watch. Lack of energy. Mm-hmm. Is, is one thing I would say, you know, on a game so important, you know, and crucial as it was, I was very surprised with the, um, the lack of energy and effort, you know, um, missed layups, you know, turnovers, you know, it was just, it was just an ugly game and, and probably the worst game we played this year, I would say that. And uh, to what Sam said, 13 for 26 from the three-point arc, you know, when teams are shooting that well, it's hard to win. Yeah, and in the game itself, one thing that was different from the loss to Duke last year at the Dome is that one was over in quite literally 13 seconds. This one took 13 minutes. This was a a fun game, and actually it was fun to see that 30,000-plus fans there get to think to themselves, we're going to have a game today. Because for the first 13 minutes, it was back and forth. It was a 19-19 game, and I've talked about it all weekend, but it was there was that switch after that media timeout. And John Shire, in his first year as head coach with Duke, he, I think, just told them, you have the green light, shoot the ball. And they started making those threes. And more than that, 
there was an adjustment made with Jesse Edwards because you had live Derek lively down low, as well as Kyle Filipowski had two seven footers going up against Jesse and man, did they shut him down. And when our big guy like that is limited to five points, Hodges has been talking about it all year when Gerard or Edwards doesn't get to double digits, Syracuse is losing this game and boy, did they shut him down and it ended up being a big part of this one. And that part is definitely true. I will say one thing I disagree with is I did not think this game was fun. I really did. You did not have fun. I I really did not have fun because I, I appreciate it. Of course, the fact that there were so many fans there, but that's why even more so I felt like, you know, what a letdown. It was the like return of Dickie V was back on I mean, the call. Man. There was more than Dickie V was play. back. I mean, Buddy Bay, huh? You on, know, this on, was the game on, where I I've had fun in in the close losses. I've had fun in the fights to the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't have fun in this yeah, game because yeah. maybe for 13 minutes I had fun. Yeah. But the rest of the way, I knew, and I think thirty one thousand other people knew that this game was over yeah. Mm-hmm. in yeah. in no way or did I in any point after that 13 minute stretch did I feel like there's a chance that we're going to be able to come back or get back into this game and I think a reason why I felt that way so early on is because of the fact that sometimes there is a lack of adjustments mm-hmm. and Moten I bring this question to you when you see all of a sudden that Duke is hitting all these threes what kinds of in-game adjustments can you make or should you make? Absolutely, you should make an in-game adjustment, you know, switch it up to a man-to-man, you know, make them, you know, hurry and, and try to do things that they don't want to do. But back to what you guys were saying, we talk about 30,000 Syracuse diehard fans um, there to support us, Dickie V at the game, um, Hamlin at the game, you know. Uh, I mean, it was just so much energy that was there that, me being a former player and uh, someone who, who takes passion in winning, it's no way that I would have let Duke survive that day. And, and they were hitting shots. Uh, one of the things I noticed, too, see, we have a young team. Mm-hmm. So when we're in the zone, uh, a lot of people, ball movement was, was, was what Duke did, what, what crushed us. You know, they moved the ball very well, uh, very quick. And a lot of people, when you pass, you're supposed to go while the ball is in the air. You don't, when they pass right, then you shift right. No, it's, it's go while the float of the ball. And as I'm watching, they will pass and then they will rotate. It's too late. Hmm. It's too late. Hmm. So oh, those are the things that I noticed being a player and a coach and, and someone who loves the game. But, uh, hey, we're going to move forward. Uh, we got Clemson coming up, you know, um, it's, it's, all of these games are, are winnable games, but we have to give it our all and, and we just see what happens. Yeah, so we're recording this on on Tuesday right now. Clemson games happening Wednesday night, and the Tigers are, are another one of these ACC teams where um, very much on the bubble just came off a loss, so they are going to be um, – in a different way because they do have a much better record than SU, but they're going to be desperate for a win because they're in such a dire situation trying to look for that at-large bid. So that's happening Wednesday night. And then next up for the uh, for the men, it's, it's, it's Pitt on Saturday. So that's going to be now a quad one win. So this schedule, I, I look at it two ways. It's, it's very tough because you have Clemson, Pitt. I believe it's true... Georgia Tech, do I have that right, Brandon? 
Georgia Tech and then Wake Georgia Forest. Tech and Wake Forest it, it, at home. It, you know, it's on that sheet that I gave you that's sitting down. Why would we look at the sheet? Be, what what makes sense with that? It has all the quad one, two, three, and four games they've played. <laughs> uh, there are actually four games left. Uh, the Clemson one, then you yeah, have Pitt, Georgia go. Tech, Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. So two away, two home. As you see there, it's these are games where you can actually build off of because three of them, in my mind, are very tough games. Actually, all of them are going to be tough. You're in the ACC. But it's a chance to end up like building that resume and possibly, as I was telling Moten before the show, have a chance to maybe they don't have to win it all. But it depends on what happens. When I say win it all, win the entire ACC to get in. Maybe there's a situation here where they can perform in this final stretch and just go on a little bit of a run in Greensboro. But from what we saw with Duke, it just it felt like that development that we had seen over the three weeks was sucked away. And something that Beheim made a mention of immediately in his post-game press conference, which uh, statistically was an important note, was that they couldn't get a guy at the three position to get into the game. Chris Bell didn't have it. I asked him, what what did you see or not see? I'm like, limited minutes for the freshman. He goes, I didn't see anything. He wasn't making his shots. He didn't like what he was seeing on defense. Tried Justin Taylor in there. The two of them went a combined 0 for 8 shooting. Wasn't pretty. And with, an, with a game like that, you have to have all five guys on the court um, that are able to perform because, again, you're, just, you're trying to compete with these teams that are knocking down these threes at an absurd rate. And you have to almost match that. I have Brendan right here saying the Orange have now allowed 40% shooting from three-point range eight times. They've gone two and six in those games with the wins coming against Louisville by one and Richmond and OT early this season. So it mm. doesn't matter what a team's three-point statistics are coming into that game. We know this by now. They will most certainly the, be probably setting their season high, if not close. The big thing about that too, Tommy, I didn't put this on the sheet because I wanted to show off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Four of those six losses <laughs> – were quad one wins that SU really could use right now. Let's slip away. Duke, yeah. obviously, both Absolutely. games against Virginia, yeah. mm-hmm. and then Virginia Tech the second time around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and six against quad one I'm seeing right here. You can also say Carolina and Miami. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. You know, those were big games too. Right in that mix. So, got to move forward. You have to. I mean, definitely when I look at the schedule, I'm looking at Pitt mm-hmm. as the most important opportunity. But 0-6 in quad one wins, it's a pattern, and something has to change. And I definitely think, for me, it's some kind of defensive change. And maybe it is, like Moten, what you said, the slide's coming faster. I appreciate you giving us that insight because that makes sense to me. If you are going to stick with the zone, let's improve it somehow. Let's make some kind of adjustment. And again, going back to the fact that Duke wasn't a good game, One thing I will say is I don't think it takes away the progress that we have seen. Progress in anything is not always linear. You know, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. But now we need to see that bounce back. We need to see that response. And whether or not it ends up being something great this season, I think you want to see them fight until the end because, as you said, this is a young team. You know, this is a team that in future years has a lot of potential. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That was a cooking motion. I, I was like, let Sam cook. Yeah, I like that. I like, I the, like the, the, the progress isn't always Sam, linear. Oh, my goodness. That was I, I one have, of the I, deepest I things ever of, said on this one podcast. Of, one of those oh. per episode. Yeah. No, oh, no. I I'm thought like, you had <laughs> something else going. Tommy's oh, like, let's okay. get it, girl. No, you know I always, I always got a one-liner. Man, remember the trees? Amazing. I remember the trees. You, I don't think you were there for that moment. That was... That was... You can't see the forest through only one tree or something like that. And Mungro was like... 
what's your favorite tree? I'm like, my girl, that's not the point. <laughs> Get back on track. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy went like Discovery Channel in that, that moment was, too. Uh, oh. That was a that, yeah, that was, was a moment, that, man. That was nice. That was nice. Sam. Good pick me up, Sam. We needed that. And uh, and honestly, Moten, I do want to just ask you before we we, we move on to the ladies here and a, a lot brighter of a conversation. Were any of your teams in those in those four years? Did you find yourself maybe not in this specific situation of being, you know, sixteen and eleven, right? But but that that moment of a defeat that was just you guys got the doors blown off. How did you respond in that situation? And what's the mindset, or what do you think the conversation is now as we head into, uh, you know, just coming off a blowout loss? Ah, uh, you know that's hard. Mm-hmm because I don't remember a blowout loss. You know, we won 20 <laughs> games or more every year. I think the most we might have lost was nine in my four years. But, uh, you know, if anything I could say is, you know, when you lose like that, you know, it's quick you want to forget it and throw away the tape. Mm-hmm. My coach would always say, let's get rid of this tape. Let's move forward. And, and if anything, you know, this is when it, it all, boils, <clears throat> all boils down to, you know, um, what type of heart do you have? You know, you just got embarrassed. So this next game is the most important game of your of, of your season. So how are you going to take that? And we're going to see how these younger guys respond. You know, uh, hopefully Joe Girardi's in their ear and Jesse's in their ear, you know, giving them some positive motivation. I know Coach Beheim was did a lot of cursing this week, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and it's much needed. You know, mm-hmm. so um, we're just going to see how they respond. That's my big thing. I want to see how these guys respond. Okay. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And listen, I mean, this is just the way I feel, but I don't, I don't know if I would be so quick to throw out the tape. At least watch it once. That's the way I feel. And mm-hmm. I feel like Coach Beheim wants to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're watching that back. You know, I know Dino Babers was a big – he was the kind of guy he's going to watch this three, four, five times. I don't, I don't know about that. But, you know, at least watching it once – here's another one-liner for you. Mistake's only a mistake if you don't learn from it, right? Mm-hmm. Like a mistake's only a mistake if you make it twice. Absolutely. So I feel like if they're able to watch over this tape, see what the errors were – correct it, mm-hmm. get back on course, mm-hmm. that's what you're looking to do from a loss, right? Yeah. You, you didn't gain a success from it. Mm-hmm. It was a loss, but you can gain some kind of experience, hopefully. Yes, I agree. I agree. It was more like a figure of speech type of thing, but I agree with you 100%, Sam. We definitely have to watch the tape and then throw it away. And then throw it away. Absolutely. I would we say, don't need to I see that say, too many I would times. say punt it and then beat it with a baseball bat. <laughs> You're a, little, you're a little dated on both sides <laughs> with that sports reference, Tommy. Spring training just started, and football season's long over, man. For which reference? What you just said, punt it and beat it with a baseball bat? I mean, that was just, uh, as we say, figure of speech. No, I, I, I get that. I, the XFL's going on, though, so maybe you aren't completely out of season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do have some football back. In, in this country, football 12 months out of the year is just, for whatever reason, just feels right. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. On the gridiron. <laughs> it really does. I agree. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Anyway, SU women's basketball, man. They had a, a special day on senior day and got a huge win over a very good Miami Hurricanes team. And <clears throat> Felicia Leggett Jack squad might just be making the NCAA tournament in their first year. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do a little clap. Yeah, yeah, I'll, do I'll do a little clap. Proud of, these, proud of these ladies. Proud of these ladies. So they wrap up the regular season on Thursday against Pitt. It's one of those situations where a win is certainly going to help their chance for uh, an at-large bid. But as for the ACC tournament for the women's side down in Greensboro, which does start next week, um, they are completely set for not just the game, but who they're playing, which feels really nice to have that more than a week out. So they will be in the 8-9 matchup, which just it seems to be the bread and butter of of uh, of Syracuse basketball over the last few years. And they will be taking on North Carolina State in a 2 o'clock game Thursday, March 2nd on the ACC Network. So from what we saw in this past game, it was such a refreshing moment for Felicia to get Jack to say, and she had an amazing reaction. Actually, we're going to play it right here. We didn't lose the fourth quarter. We didn't lose the fourth quarter. We're tied. But we didn't lose. I just saw that. I had to look at that. Hey, it's just a little pressure. It's a game of lessons, and you got to be able to handle the pressure and sit in it, and we did, and we changed it. We moved around. We talked to each other, and, and we found a way to just say, let's push through this, and we did. I'm so so proud of this young team. So uh, amazing soundbite there from, from Coach Jack because her team, they – Tied it scoring-wise in the fourth quarter, but that was the kryptonite of this team this year, especially against these good programs time and time again. Against ranked teams, they just lost it in the fourth quarter. And for her to have that feeling and to do it on senior night and a 4,000-plus people in the stands, it was a fun, fun day at the Dome. And uh, Deja Fair did her thing per usual, so transfer from UB, Great story. Had her entire extended family there with her. And just uh, someone that's from Rochester was at UB with Coach Jack. This offseason, when she entered the transfer portal, she had Dawn Staley in South Carolina trying to get her. That's how good she is. She's going to be, if she if she leaves this program, I have no doubt in my mind she's going to be a lottery-type pick. And even in just the one year, she's been a special player. Astounding. And, and the fact that she did have those kind of offers and she still wanted to be with Felicia Leggett-Jack shows so much about their relationship. I mean, that was one of the questions that was asked in the post-game press conference after senior day was, you know, what, what do you, how do you feel about the Asia Fair and what is your relationship like? Joe just, you know, they wanted to hear about it since it was senior day and she was being honored. And Coach Leggett-Jack's answer I just loved. You know, she said, yes, she is a great basketball player, but there's so much more outside of that that encompasses what our relationship is about. Um, it's so much of what we've developed off the court, and she knows her family and what she's been through. So I really always appreciate coaches that really <coughs> care about the person first, you know, mm-hmm. and then a player second. So I, I really think their relationship is special. Yeah, and, Absolutely. and poetry, as, as someone that knows her. Oh, man, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, I've known Felicia for 30 years, and, and I can honestly say genuine, genuine female who, who's very passionate, you know, who's, who's going to get the best out of her players. That's one thing you, you will never have to worry about with Felicia is the two E's, energy and effort. Mm-hmm. Um, the player that she recruits and the player that she wants has to have those two things. And me being a former coach and knowing different coaches, I always tell people this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. 
you are the style of your coach. If you have an energetic coach, you're going to have an energetic team. If you have a motivational, you know, quiet, somber coach, you're going to have a quiet, laid-back team. That's just the facts. You are the style of your coach. Love that. Love it. That's facts. Double E's. Straight Stealing facts. Sam's one-liner thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's, it, I like we're, we're in a competition right now. Oh. We're in a quote-off. I'm just here moderating on the side. <laughs> my baseball bat. Uh, let's finish up with some trivia. You guys down for this? So last week, Poetry did it again. No. If I'm not mistaken. He, he did. I was very upset. You're kidding. Well, he, he, did, he, got, he got half of it. <laughs> He got half yeah. of it, Tommy. I can't even Enough remember. Enough to ruin Brendan's I, I can't day. even remember the question. It was last uh, Syracuse alum to mm. win on an NBA Finals team, last to win on a Super Bowl winning team. No, nah, that was two weeks ago. Was Sam was here for that. It, this was um, how many wins? The wins. Oh, for well, he, he got half of that. NIT right. and NCAA. Yeah. So he got the year right nice. away. It was a great feeling. And it was, now total, it was a total guess. Now, well, guess is get it done. It's now we're ready. Poetry, buddy. yeah. <sighs> Whatever. <man. laughs> okay, guys. Oh, I am. Look at check that. that. Can we get a zoom in oh, on that real hang quick? Hang on a Hodges? second. I had me at the. Oh, oh. oh my god. <laughs> uh, this man. I have you on kit. That man just flexed on me. Okay. Uh, anyway, guys. Can I get one of those shirts? <laughs> I am going to um, bring us down to a somber mood a bit more here. Okay. I apologize. Um, so. I delved into three-point shooting today. And mm. I will also let you guys know next week's question. You're going to want to save the packets from this week because it may or may not have something to do with the women's ACC tournament. Okay. So okay. don't leave those on the table for me to recycle like you always do. I'll study it. Um, three-point shooting. We always think of Stephen Curry as the architect of the new game of basketball where three-point shooting is everything. He left Davidson in 2009. Since then... Which program has made the highest percentage of their three-point shots against Syracuse minimum 400 attempts? I have a guess right away. Um, hmm. Minimum 400 against Syracuse 2009. ACC was this 2013. Is this is excluding this season. So it's from the 2009-2010 okay. season to 2021-2022. So I'm going to stray away from the Big East just because we have way more time in that mm -hmm. time frame with ACC. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I, I have a guess. How about you two? Are we talking ACC? Talking well, it, can be, it can be, it can any, be team. any team. You don't have, yeah, you don't have to. But minimum 400 shot attempts, which points to it being an ACC team for sure. So I have... I might guess. Go ahead. Duke. I was waiting for everybody else's guesses, but I mean, do we have any? Well, if he won, if he, if he won, you might as well go ahead and say, you know, he didn't. Okay. Oh my gosh, man! The suspense. That was. Okay. I was gonna be mad at you anyway because I felt so deflated. I'm kind of in between. Oh, I guess um, we should all do our guesses, and then he yeah, says. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's my bad. That's yeah. my bad. Okay. Virginia. I'm going with the Irish. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call a victory for Brendan. <sighs> no! <laughs> Duke 
It's tied for second, Tommy. I knew they were. I knew they had they, to be up there. Uh, there are only three teams that have taken over 400 three-pointers against Syracuse since Stephen Curry left Davidson. Boston College okay. has taken 458. Duke 440. Pittsburgh's taken I, 539. That was my second guess. I thought it was my made three-pointers. It it's it is. I'm not. I'm context tommy oh so pitt did boston did college has made 37 percent of their three-pointers against syracuse and stephen curry left college that was duke and pitt one. have made 33 percent i would never have get how many has pitt taken you said 539 <sighs> <Ooh>. sheesh <laughs> that's over a 15-year period man that that was a tough one to find that was very was good brandon Brendan wins. He needed a W. Good job, Brendan. Nice job, Brendan. Thank you, guys. I will say, having looked at a computer screen for hours on end, my mm-hmm. math may be like a tiny bit off, but not enough to change the answer, I don't think. <laughs> okay. I think okay. if anything, it'll be like Boston College shot like 35%, not 37 so. Hey, still, still good. We're impressed. But that's our show, Orange Zone Podcast. Tommy Sladak. We have poetry. Samantha. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to do Sam or Sam Samantha. Samantha. <laughs> Brendan Hodges, producer Mike. We're brought to you by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, making sure you're liking and subscribing to our page. We'll be back next week as it'll be ACC tourney time for the women's and the men's. We'll be looking at just one game left in the regular season. Pretty insane. We're out of here. Peace. See ya.